to the Momnificent Podcast. This is the place where we help parents live a happy, healthy life with their kids. We're going to show you how to connect with your child and help them even in their most difficult moments as we hear from experts in the field. I'm your host, Dr. Karin Jakubowski, an international speaker, public school principal, and former struggling student. The Momnificent Podcast equips parents with science-based strategies to help you live a happy, healthy life with your kids. Welcome. I've heard parents say, I can't sleep at night because my child is struggling behaviorally and academically. And this can leave you feeling helpless, embarrassed, even alone. I know, because I've been there. Working in schools for over a decade, I've worked with struggling kids in school who had social, sometimes emotional, behavioral, maybe even academic challenges. But here's what I found. Kids want to do well. Kids do well if they can. And when we work together through a proven process, we can identify skills they need to be taught and we can identify what problem is and work together using a problem solving process. I'm telling you, everything starts to change. And I want to work with you over the next six weeks. Click on the link to sign up for my new course, Happy Kids, Not Perfect Kids. And together, we are going to work together to help you have a better relationship, better connection, and really truly help your kid when they're struggling in their most difficult moments. I hope you'll consider joining me. The course starts October 12th. Hope to see you there. Stress and anxiety is something we're all familiar with, but what if some of that was actually inherited? Today's guest, Dr. Valerie Rain, has used the science of epigenetics to discover how stress and trauma from previous generations is actually affecting us today. Her new book, Patriarchy Stress Disorder, The Invisible Inner Barrier to Women's Happiness and Fulfillment, looks at the research behind this reality and provides tools for identifying and managing intergenerational stress. Today, she's here to talk about how this works in our lives and how we can identify and overcome it. Dr. Rain, welcome to Momnificent. Ah, it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for this generous introduction, Karen. You first start out by telling us what patriarchy stress disorder is. That might be a new term. I knew it was a new term for me when I heard it. Can you help our listeners understand and kind of break that down into our layman's terms? Absolutely. Well, women have been oppressed for thousands of years. Oppression is traumatic and trauma, as we know from epigenetics, trauma is genetically transmitted. So patriarchy stress disorder is this genetically transmitted, inherited, intergenerational collective trauma that resides in our subconscious that expresses in so many ways for women today. And um, yeah, I'm excited to dive into these ways and what we can do about that. And how did you discover it? Like, how did you come to this place today? What started you writing this book or your whole research into this area for you? Absolutely. Well, I... uh, Ever since I was a little girl, I I think my life was defined by the question, what's wrong with me? It's just that all these messages that I was getting, no matter how hard I was trying to um, 
do everything right. I kept getting the messages. Oh, well, don't laugh so loud. People don't like that. Or don't, don't act so smart. No one would want to date or marry you. And, um, and feeling all, always under the microscope in terms of my appearance and what was okay, what was not okay. You want to be sexy, but not too sexy. You want to be uh, serious, but not too serious. And uh, I just was really trying to figure out why I just couldn't get it right. So what's wrong with me was my defining question. And it led me to study psychology and after two graduate degrees, I was living a life that uh, I, I worked very hard for. And I was very happy to, to, to be in the place of having my thriving private practice in New York, having a family, a home. And I thought I had everything I ever wanted. And one day I was on the phone with a client when... I lost sensation in the left side of my face and body. And I ended up in the ER with symptoms of a stroke. And thankfully, after scanning me up and down for many hours, they gave me the official diagnosis of just stress, which really was surprising because I did not feel stressed. I felt exactly the same way I felt pretty much my entire life. And that got me wondering, well, how come, right? How come I was carrying the levels of stress that shut down the left side of my body and I was not even aware of that. And what was also very disturbing was that underneath that stress, as I was lying on the hospital gurney, I could really feel the presence of that question. What's wrong with me? It was alive and well, despite all my accomplishments, despite years in therapy, despite having read every self-help book I could get my hands on. And here I was, um, I was seeing clients and my clients were getting better. And by better, I mean, they were leaping into the fullness of their lives. They were resolving the, those places where they felt constricted and inauthentic. And I began to wonder what I was doing for them that I wasn't doing for me. And the answer was that with all of my clients, I was using mind-body trauma healing tools. Even though most of them would have never identified as having had any trauma because they had normal childhoods, normal lives, yet all of them were showing this telltale symptom of trauma, which was disconnection from parts of themselves, parts of their bodies, parts of their desires, their authentic lives. And for me, that disconnection had to really shout loudly for me to get it that yes I too had trauma and then the question became what kind of trauma could we could we carry without realizing it and that was the moment that connected the dots for me uh, the dots being women's oppression for thousands of years trauma being genetically transmitted and here we were uh, successful high achieving women checking the boxes uh, of things we worked so hard for and yet not feeling fully free, happy, fulfilled. And 
and at ease, comfortable in our own skin and working so hard to get out of that hamster wheel of, you know, both achievement and personal development and still feeling stuck. And all of a sudden it all made sense. All of a sudden I had the answer to the question, what's wrong with me? And the answer was nothing. There's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with any of the women I knew or worked with as clients. There was nothing to fix, but there was something to heal. And that awareness of that something to heal and having the tools to heal it became the game changer. Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. The things that you're saying, authentic voice, um, being at ease, being comfortable in your own skin, just listening to that is like, yes, yes. How can we help um, our fellow you know, women and, and sisters to really experience that and know that it can be, right? Maybe sometimes people might live behind that facade. And I just want to focus on authentic uh, voice just for a minute. Is there something you can share with us that would help us find our authentic voice? If we hear that, we're like, wow, I would love to tap into that more. And, and how, how can I do that for myself? I love this question so much. You see, um, let me frame my answer through the lens of PSD and intergenerational trauma and illustrate it with an example that comes from research. In this particular study, researchers introduced the smell of cherry blossoms to mice while simultaneously zapping their feet with mild electric shocks. These mice were then bred and their children and their grandchildren when exposed to the smell of cherry blossoms showed a strong fear and anxiety reaction. Okay. And that really illustrates how PSD is created and passed down between generations. For women, PSD is fearing the smell of cherry blossoms. And cherry blossoms are everything that we have authentically or do authentically desire and that historically has been prohibited and dangerous for women. It has been punishable under patriarchy to reach for our desires, um, be it loving who we love, be it speaking and showing up from an authentic place, expressing our brilliance, expressing our sexuality, sharing our work with the world making money, you know, um, that actually reflect our worth. Um, and of course, our worth cannot be measured in money. And, and just living in, in, in a way that um, is aligned with our deepest authentic desires. So how it ties in with using our authentic voice, because all of this has been prohibited, punishable for so many years. There are so many trauma defenses formed around us being able to access our authentic voice because the moment we even think of going there, the alarms go off in our nervous system and our subconscious going unsafe, unsafe, unsafe. You know, you, you're going to get yourself into trouble. You're going to get yourself killed, burned at the stake, locked up in an asylum. So is there any wonder that we may struggle with accessing our authentic voice? And it's not our fault. It's not about working harder. 
it is about understanding that it is it has nothing to do with you and understanding that healing and accessing that authentic voice has to do with rewiring the nervous system creating a sense of safety around being able to access your voice and your authentic desires and we really um you know trying to shortcut this this process leads to a lot of trouble it leads to a lot of burnout that women are experiencing that is just a, a real pandemic um and it's us pushing so hard against our own biological defenses that are trying to keep us safe by holding us back. Mm -hmm. And that's exhausting. That spells out our nervous system being in overdrive all the time. And then us not feeling relaxed, not feeling fulfilled, not recharging our creativity, being stifled, right? So a much cleaner way and much easier way is through creating safety and rewiring our nervous system. And then the access, it opens up to our authentic voice and whatever else we desire to you know, experience, be, have, bring to the world. So beautiful. And I think that ties into something I was going to ask you about that. You say that thoughts aren't facts. And if our body is charged, we need to bring it to a discharge. How do we do that? And what does that look like? Hmm. Well, so thoughts are not facts was a, a very revolutionary idea that I first learned uh, going through a mindfulness-based cognitive therapy course, which is a modality, like healing modality that um, brings together, one of the modalities that I've studied and experienced that brings together the mind and the body. And it was so revolutionary for me because habitually I just identified with my thoughts, right? If I think that before, it must have some real, you know, grounding and just treating our thoughts lightly, just knowing that our thoughts pop out of our internal states, really. If you are feeling really good and really relaxed and your day is going great and something happens, your interpretation is going to be very different than if you already had a very crappy day and maybe a crappy week <laughs> and then something happens and it just it can be really devastating, right? And the thoughts can really take that doom and gloom um, flavor. So, um, so this is an important aspect of approaching this work, right? Understanding that our thoughts are actually generated from our internal states. And so this is where the two parts of your question really intersect, is when we're carrying a lot of charge in our body, without realizing it. And it may be the charge of unprocessed emotions. It, it can be repressed anger. It can be repressed grief. It can be repressed joy, actually. Um, and repressed longing, repressed desires, right? And we just haven't been allowed that expression. And it just gets stuffed and it gets, gets stuffed. And the more we're carrying that, the more our thoughts are kind of popping out of that state, 
So that's polluted. That's not clear. So discharging what we're carrying is an important part of, of this healing journey and discharging in a safe way. I'm not talking about, okay, if you're carrying anger, then lash out at somebody, but actually feel it, allow that the energy of that emotion to run through your body when you're in a safe space, your own space, or maybe with somebody who can hold that space for you in a supportive way, be it a practitioner, be it a trusted friend who can actually hold that energy, because not everybody can, even they, if they are a good friend. And that creates the magic of all of a sudden there is a lot more clarity. We're a lot more in touch with our true feelings, emotions, thoughts in the moment that are not polluted by something that we've been carrying for a long time. And a lot of it is not even ours. We just pick, pick that up from other people, right? And we're carrying it. It's one of, one of the jobs patriarchy has really entrusted women with is emotional labor which is keep carrying people's emotions <laughs> and then we are exhausted and we're exploding and we don't even know why and uh, and then patriarchy blames the blames the woman we are the weaker sex we're not strong we enough we not be strong enough to carry this because we carry we're it for too, everybody yeah we're too emotional we can think straight we're failing somehow so let's just take a moment to just like pop all those myths all these bubbles and reclaim the truth of you know we are working very very hard and it doesn't have to be that way <laughs> right and i love how you say it kind of goes in line with that phrase, I am enough right now and today. I am enough. There's not something that needs to be fixed. You're not broken, but I love how you bring in the element of the healing that is ready for each of us, right? And, and to heal what's underneath, um, you say that we need to work with the body directly. Yes. And you mentioned working with the mind alone is not going to take us there because the centers of the brain that get activated with trauma response actually don't speak the language of words. So this really caught my attention when I read this about what you mm -hmm. wrote. So you're saying when we try to talk ourselves out of it, that's not effective. And I'd love you to share with us more about that. Uh, of course. I'm glad that caught your attention. Um, well, have you ever heard anyone say to you, Oh, just calm down. Just calm down. <laughs> and how how effective was it? Right? Oh, okay. I didn't think of that. Why don't I just calm down? <laughs> so true. That's and good. yet we're trying to do that to ourselves too, like talking ourselves out of how we're feeling. Um, and when we are in fight, flight, freeze response in these trauma reactions our nervous system is in that state of activation and to, to actually come down, to actually interrupt that cycle, we need to communicate to our nervous system that we are safe. And we communicate that not through words, but through experience. And that's a big missing piece. And a lot of, a lot of approaches to, anything from time management to communication to career success to uh, relational bliss um, 
So that is a very important moment of empowerment when you realize, oh, wait, I am in a state of activation. I am in a fight, flight, freeze. And realizing that you reach for a tool to create more safety. And there are a bunch of tools that we can reach for. I share a few in the book. I share a few on my website that you can download, drvalerie.com forward slash book. Um, we, one of the things we teach our students, our thrivers, we call them in our programs, um, once we begin to unpack how, um, how our own systems experience fight, flight, freeze, what creates that and also what creates safety for us. It is individual for everyone. So what we encourage them to do is create their own personal safety list. Maybe you, you, your system really responds to touching something soft, right? Um, maybe like it's your like security blanket, literally. Um, maybe your nervous system really responds to a smell of a particular essential oil. Maybe your system really responds well to rocking. You know, mm-hmm. children do it instinctively. They rock themselves to come down. Um, and some simple tools that are pretty universal. I mean, if unless you have a personal aversion to, to that. And that is self-touch. You touch yourself skin to skin. And what that creates is actually it actually promotes oxytocin release, which is a woman's superpower. Um, it's um, in our natural chemistry, oxytocin promotes bonding, sense of security, sense of relaxation, well-being. So that's always with you. That's always available to you. And one of the first tools to reach for, which again is in that little uh, kit that you can download on my website, I call it the Repower Tool. Um, It's a tool that guides you through the experiences that will communicate a sense of safety to your nervous system through your five senses, your sight, hearing, taste, smell, and touch. And we do it step by step. It's very simple. Once you get it, you can do it in a matter of seconds, anywhere, anytime, completely discreetly. And I feel that this is such a such a point of empowerment that we should all be aware of and practice because this is a muscle. The first time you reach for a tool like this, it may or may not work because it's like trying to slam on the brakes when you're driving uh, like 300 miles per hour, right? And you haven't really done this before. So tap on the brakes gently. You may not come to, to a full stop right away, but it's fine. every time you tap on the brakes gently, it will communicate the sense of safety. And these tools have a cumulative effect. Time after time, you use them like building a muscle. Uh, You rewire your nervous system more and more, and it just becomes more and more responsive. So good. Thank you for sharing that with Mm us. And what, what role does exercise play? Like sometimes I feel better after exercise and I feel like it's, and I'll use just loosely a stress reductor reductor for me. So what role does fitness or exercise play in helping to overcome? Yeah, of course. Um, 
and listen to your body, right? Your body is your greatest guide. And the particular exercise, particular movement uh, that your body wants to reach for. And it may or may not be something that consciously you're like, oh, like I should take up running or yoga. Try it and, and just listen to your body and how you feel, right? Your body may surprise you. Maybe your mind wants something very high impact, but your body actually responds much better to slow um, like um, restorative yoga class or, or the other way around, right? Or it may vary day, day to day. So movement is definitely uh, awesome. And particularly movement that that is in where you are in touch with your body. It may sound a little shocking, but even star athletes, really a lot of star athletes, may perform phenomenally physically while being disembodied, while not being in touch with their actual body instincts. And, and sometimes it actually takes that because, you know, they push their bodies to such limits, they kind of have to disembody. It's not the type of exercise that is helpful on this journey of restoring our wholeness and healing our traumas. So whatever you're doing, use it as an opportunity to get more in touch with your body, get in there, feel. And feeling is very confronting. Feeling can be very confronting. Exercise can be very successfully used to actually numb feelings, right? Or it can be used to get more in touch with feelings. I really like that a lot. And I love that you have that tool as a starter kit available on your website. And um, I'm so excited to share that. And I'll add that in the description notes of this podcast episode. What does that look like for someone when they start healing and start experiencing these changes? How does that manifest in someone's life? Um, Maybe give us a picture of that, that as we're listening, we're like, oh, wow, that might be, that is something that I want. Oh, that's so good. And it just spans the whole spectrum, starting with quote unquote, small things small things like owning your own time. Like it's such a confronting thing to look at your calendar and realize like, oh my gosh, what do I actually enjoy out of what's on my calendar? And how do I say no to things that are not working for me? PSD really conditions women to say yes to far too many things. Um, and it's so confronting, like intellectually, we may be like, yes, I'm going to set the boundary, but internally, it may feel like if I bring this up, I'm going to die. And it may be in the work context, it may be in, in your relationship context, or it may be with your kids where like PSD flares up as I'm a terrible mother, like, you know, all of these things are so confronting. So for a woman reclaiming her time reclaiming her boundaries, reclaiming her desires, aligning her life in the way that has so much space for experiences that feed into her vitality, right? That's huge. And oftentimes finances follow. And that's fascinating. One of our thrivers, 
when she was on the threshold making that decision whether or not to join um, the journey of healing PSD in one of our programs, her she said, no, she cannot do that because she doesn't have the time and she doesn't have the money. And then time passed and that trajectory did not change. She was having actually less time and less money. The pandemic was really deepening. Two little kids, her husband works full time, no support at home because of the quarantine at that time. And uh, she was also running a business. So she did get on this journey. She did take this sleep. And I asked her just a couple of months later, two or three months into this journey, I asked her, so how are you doing now with your time and, and your money? And she said, I've never in my life had this much time and this much money. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And so mind you, the situation is the same. It's the pandemic. Her husband works. She has the same littles, same situation, same business, but everything changed inside. So mm -hmm. she was able to be really in touch with her desires for what she's saying yes to, what she's saying no to, um, what she really loves to do in her business that redefined her offerings what would be in her pleasure to charge for these packages that redefined everything and because she was so much in alignment she started attracting a whole other um kind of a client who were also very much in alignment and getting you know just being a joy to work with so and and what we also see with our women is that their changes translate into changes in their relationships and in their kids. Like we, we hear things like, oh, my four-year-old stopped acting out, right? We're not working with the four-year-old. Her nervous system has rewired. And of course, children being the mirrors of us and our unprocessed stuff that they are, yes. it gives them a whole other experience and it changes the trajectory of their lives. I Which love is it. huge. That's right? huge. That is like revolutionary. Oh, it truly is. And it gives me chills because yes. just as we know from neuroscience and epigenetics, that trauma is genetically transmitted. So is healing. Healing is also genetically transmitted. So we oh, stand to interrupt. That's such a good point. Say that one more time. Yes healing is genetically transmitted as well. So no matter what your history is, personal traumas, collective, we all have ancestral traumas. That just goes without saying. And frankly, the world is a pokey place. So I, I don't know if anyone escapes the experience of having, having personal traumas as well. So no matter what our personal histories are, and family histories are, we stand to rewrite them right here, right now in one generation, no matter if you already have kids or if you, if, if you do, or if you don't, if you will, if you won't, it also changes um, the experience of everyone you touch in your life. It changes the caliber of people you attract. We've had thrivers who just were chronically attracting partners 
uh, in, in, into relationships that were just not right for them. Just one toxic relationship after another replaying itself and getting in touch with that, with that PSD programming, with all these layers of defenses that their own system had protecting them from true intimacy, from somebody truly reflecting their worth truly seeing their brilliance, truly embracing their wholeness, because all of that felt very like, no, I'm not that, right? I'm not worthy. I'm not. All of that playing out in their subconscious, although consciously they were confident, consciously they knew what they wanted, consciously they thought they were really on track. And so those relationship fiascos were kind of unexplainable until they got to understand, oh, there's intergenerational trauma playing out. There's PSD playing out. And then it, it changed the people they attract into their lives, both as partners, as friends, as colleagues. Uh, they changed their work environments where they um, completely transformed their businesses. So everything really transforms. I have a thriver um, I, who told me a story that that battle cry in my book, How Good Can It Get? It, it, before reading the book, she said she would have never identified as having had trauma or, or being in survival. But when reading the book, it was just, it was like a bucket of ice cold water. I was like, oh my gosh, I realized I was in survival. Here I was living a successful life, seven figure business, a strong team, doing what she loves, beautiful children. But she also realized that she was holding back in certain areas. Like she could not open her heart to love and she was holding back in her profession as well. And after after she got on this healing journey and how she, she attracted um, a partner who was actually in her life already, but she didn't see him. She did not see him. And that's what trauma defenses do. They make, make sure that we don't even register opportunities in our lives because they feel so profoundly unsafe. So mm -hmm. that happened, her business expanded. And now she, she starts every meeting in, in on her team she writes um she writes on the whiteboard how good can it get so that everyone is guided by that principle and how they show up and it's it it has ripple effects right this this work is not only life-changing it truly is world-changing what if we shift from how much can i bear as our daily experience to how good can it get wow what's possible then and I love how you uh, frame it as rewriting your story. Yeah. Why don't you rewrite your own history? It mm. is so powerful. And, and what does that, hold on, sorry. I believe <laughs> that um, if you were to talk to your younger self, <laughs> what is one thing you would leave our listeners with as we just stepped into your world of what you would say to your younger self that you wish someone today at your age would have told yourself when you were younger and, and leave our listeners with this last thing. Absolutely. There is nothing wrong with you.
Done. End of story. Now rewrite your life. Mm. Right? Yes. And, um, and truly the world. We are, by healing this trauma, we are embodying the change we want to see in the world. And to me, this is probably our biggest contribution. And we can change the world one, one of us at a time. And that ripple effect, I just have that picture in my mind. Mm. Well, Dr. Rain, where can someone go to follow you? Mm. Dr. Valerie Rain on Instagram. I love DMs. Uh, send me any questions, thoughts. Um, I love that. Have a podcast, the Dr. And that, uh, the Dr. Valerie podcast. And a great place to start is download that first chapter of the book, download the, the toolkit um, on my website and come join us for an epic event, our legendary virtual retreat. It's called The Thriving Experience. Thethrivingexperience.com is where you can learn more and register. It is free to attend. And the, in the experience, you are surrounded by other women who are coming out of the silos of believing there was something wrong with them. And, and together, really breaking those internal barriers and shifting from survival to thriving. So we will be sharing the tools, the practices. It is very much a transformational experience, as you'll see in some of the testimonials that are posted at thethrivingexperience.com. Hope to see you there and give you a huge virtual hug. Thank you so much. And I'm going to challenge myself this week to go into your toolbox and try one thing and just take, take those baby steps. It can just start with one, one simple step. And, and I, I, I just treasure the words you left us with that there is nothing wrong with you. You are enough. And I love ending with that. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Well, that's all we've got for this episode of the Momnificent Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be honored if you would subscribe and rate if you really liked it. I know wherever you're listening right now, it might not be the best time to leave a comment, but feel free to leave a question, a review, or a comment at any time. And until next time, remember, don't worry, be happy.